Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? I'm back, and it's the weekend, and I told you guys I was going to bring you a bonus podcast, and I'm going to live up to that right now. So, I got a lot on my mind, there's a lot been going on, we talked about free agency, we talked about the draft, but uh, late this week on Twitter, I ran a mock draft on uh, The Draft Network, Mock Draft Machine, if you haven't checked it out, you need to check it out. And I thought the results were interesting. I kind of based them on what the Lions had done in free agency. I, you know, moved some pieces around. I sort of um, stacked it a certain way. And by the end, I mean, I really like the results. And I also think there's a few players that I was able to get in this mock draft that I may not be able to get, you know, in real life. But like you say, you pick them as they come. You pick who's on the board, that type of thing. So... I wanted to kind of share this with you guys and then uh, kind of talk about it a little bit. So before I do that, let's uh, take a quick pause for the cause, uh, get in a couple of our sponsors, and I'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back, and uh, let's dive right into this thing. But before we do that, man, I think I need some music. I think I need a little music under me while I lay out this plan for the Detroit Lions, while I lay out this mock draft and why I tell you guys that this could be something crazy, something outside the box, something that could work for our football team. So let's go ahead and cue that music right now. Oh yeah. Let's, let's, let's get into this real quick. So if everybody saw those that saw my uh, mock draft on Twitter, what I did is, so the Lions went out and they got Danny Amendola in the slot. They went out and they got Trey Flowers. Big signing. You know, they added a piece at tight end. Kind of a wild card. We don't know what he's going to be. And they also upgraded their nickel corner. So, in my opinion, even though it's two offense, two defense, pretty much, uh, I want to say that I feel like they really have a core defense. They've got a front line that could be hand Aishon, Snacks, and then you got Flowers on the other end, you know, depending on how they move them around, where they set these guys up. You've got Kennard coming off the edge. you got J.D., Jared Davis in the middle, playing middle linebacker, the captain of this defense. You've got guys on the outside, which, again, everybody's forgot about, but I'm still hoping he can play some football. I liked his speed, athleticism, ability to run and hit in the draft. Jalen Reeves, Maven is still out there. You still got big old Christian Jones, who's just an absolute monster, absolute beast out there. 
um, from a size perspective. And you know they're probably going to add, you know, um, either more there in the draft type of thing. Well, now let's move out to the edges. So now you got Darius Slay over there, lockdown corner. You've got in the nickel now, Justin Coleman, a guy that had much better stats, ratings than, you know, Tease Tabor and Nevin Lawson, the kind of guys we were playing in there getting roasted and toasted all day. And then you got this big question mark on the other side. Who's going to play the other corner, you know? Don't really have anybody set for that spot. Don't really have any depth there or any people that we have some high hopes on. So big question mark there. We move to the back end. Back end, we got Tracy Walker. Who everybody's high on, man. You see this guy in a jersey. He's crazy athletic. He's big. He's got the crazy long arms. He just seems to fit the part in the jersey. No doubt about it. You got Quandre right next to him. Quandre Diggs, man, unbelievable jump this guy has taken from being kind of a spot player to playing some corner, then moving back to safety, and just being a guy that's a leader, he flies and hits, yeah, you'll see him sometimes still get kind of beaten coverage, but he's so versatile, not afraid to tackle, not afraid to come up and hit you, but also has some coverage ability, gotta love him. And then there's some pieces behind him. You know, Andrew Adams, I think, is a guy we just signed. We just brought back Cooper as a corner. But to me, there's still, like, you know, another safety spot that could be filled, that could be uh, dealt with out there. You know, so that defense, to me, other than some backup pieces and maybe just some some absolute uh, freaky, you know, edge rusher, outside linebacker, whatever it may be, like, it's pretty much looking good, you know pretty good to go so what I did in this mock draft is I sort of focused on the offense uh, in the beginning now before I give you the mock draft for those that didn't see it here's my other thought the Lions still have around 20 million bucks to spend and that's accounting for the rookies they got to pay that's accounting for Bob Quinn always keeping you know, five, seven, eight million bucks in his piggy bank just in case. So, what are they going to do with that money? To me, a guy that would fit great in the D would fill our biggest hole that's just staring us in the face. And Lions fans have talked about this before. We've thought about it. We've hoped it could happen. I think this can happen, man. Let's go out and let's make a trade for Patrick Peterson. P2. Pat Pete. Let's go get him, man. This guy's no spring chicken anymore. He makes a lot of money, but he fills the absolute need we have at the other corner position with Slay. Patrick Peterson is a leader. He's a great guy in the locker room. He's a vet, so he can train up some of the new corners and people that we would bring in. He wants to win. He's never had any winning in his career. I know there's all this, oh, I just want to stay in Arizona out of respect, all that type of stuff. Bob Quinn, I say you go get Patrick Peterson. And here's how you do it. I think you go out and you offer them Marvin Jones, a top, you know, number two type receiver. Would work well with, then you'd have Marv. You'd have Fitz. And I know the Cardinals have brought in a few other receivers. I don't have them right here at the tip of my tongue. But they're kind of building. You know, they got Kirk. Christian Kirk's a guy I really like. That's Golden Tate Part 2. So you could have 
Kirk, Larry in the slot, and then Kirk, you know, move him all around. That'd be something. And then, you know, we're assuming they're going to draft a quarterback. So you give him Marvin Jones. Then you also start with, like, you start with a fifth round. You say, all right, Marvin in a fifth, and we'll take Patrick Peterson's salary, and we'll um, we'll call it a deal that way. And they're like, ah, no, that's not enough. So you're, all right. But they say, we do like Marvin. We, we would consider that he's got a good contract. He's young. He can still make plays. So you go, all right, how about Marvin and a fourth? And, and to me, if you could get it done for Marvin and a fourth, like, that would be great. You know, you bring, bring Patrick Peterson in here, two lockdown corners, a beast of a D-line, you know, some really good athletic guys back at the safety position. Man, I think your defense pretty much made at that point. And then you're just looking to get some stability, some pieces around Matt Stafford, and let him rock and roll. So my ceiling is like I would consider the third rounder just because it's a late third rounder. So Marvin a third. And, and if it really took it, I mean, as you'll see when I get to my mock draft, if they want Theo as well, it's kind of like a athletic back where uh, Kingsbury can move him all around, throw him the football. Hey, man, you can have Theo too. So that's kind of my package that I'm looking at, getting a couple players and maybe a pick to these guys. Taking on Peterson's salary, I want to say it's in that you know, 20-ish million dollar range. But if you get rid of Marv and uh, and Diggs, you're looking at about seven, eight million for Marv and another four, so three, four, five, something like that for for uh, Theo. Man, uh, that that would be tremendous. I think it's a deal that can happen. I think that it's a deal that needs to happen. And this is why, because let me let me dive into this mock draft now. So we're assuming now that we got Patrick Peterson at corner, the other additions I've already detailed, and our current offense. Minus, let's just say minus Marv and minus Theo right now. Now we got the deal done for Marv, Theo, and a fourth. Let's say that. So let's get in, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, to this mock draft. At number eight, the Detroit Lions select. Wait for it. Wait for it. DK Metcalf, wide receiver, Old Miss, 6'4, 230 some pounds around there. Runs a 4 3 is absolutely ripped to shreds in the weight room. Am I a proponent normally of going after receivers this high? No. Am I a guy that thinks, you know, we're receiver away? No. Do I think that DK is one of the bigger freaks I've ever seen in the draft from a physical perspective, from a speed? Have you seen his highlights? He's catching one-handers. I mean, he was injured. He didn't have these crazy college production. But all you got to do is watch him for 10 minutes. And this guy can, he's going to give defenses fits. I mean, you could throw him the jump ball. He can run past people. He's so big, he can beast you in the short game. I mean, people are are, are split on DK Metcalf. Some think, you know, oh, he, he can only one run one route, Grifka. He can only... uh you know, he's hurt all the time. Hughes. You know, uh, these are the things my buddies are saying. And I'm like, just go watch some more of his games. 
Whenever he's in, he makes plays. Just because of his physical stature, he's something to deal with every Saturday, and now it would be every Sunday. You think a team's going into a game, not like thinking, oh man, how are we going to deal with DK Metcalf? Dude's, a, dude's an absolute monster out there on the outside. I mean, as long as this guy's next neck injury is good, I think at number eight, he's going to be one of the top players on the board. He's going to be absolutely a physical specimen. You know, people say workout warrior, this, that, and the other. Hey, man, to me, that shows me something. That you've been in the weight room. He obviously has. When he blew out that, that 40, I was just like, oh, my. i never seen a big guy move that fast other than a certain guy named Calvin Johnson back in his heyday. And there's not too many others you can compare this guy to. I mean, I think that gives you Metcalf. That gives you Kenny Galladay. That gives you Danny Amendola in the slot. Oh, my. That, that's, I mean, those are just two physical beasts on the outside. And then a little shifty guy inside. I mean, like you say, it almost feels like a luxury to go get him. But I, I'm just saying, you know, if some of our other pieces are already gone, you know, if... If, <coughs> excuse me, if Josh Allen is gone, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, you'd have to take DK over like a Burns, you know, over Sean Gary if he's there, over um, these other rush ends we've talked about. But it's going to make your defense or your offense dynamic. And I just laid out the defense for you. We just went and got Pat Pete. We're ready to go. So let me let me keep working through this moxing, see these other names I added, and just see how this thing can come together. So at number 43 in the second round, you know, this is normally where I like to look for a corner. Obviously, that's set because we got Patrick Peterson. Um, this is where I like to look for maybe that receiver. You know, we got Amendola, so some of those guys, Debo, and you know, they're a little bit more off the board now, in my opinion. So at number 43, I went and I got Chris Lindstrom. Interior offensive lineman, Boston College. Boston College had a great offensive line this past year or so. You know, watching some of the different coverage, they were just going nuts over this guy, saying he's an absolute patriot. Just give him to the Patriots right now. He's a steady football player. He's nasty. He can uh, get after you in the run game, good in the pass blocking game. All this different stuff that totally fits where we're heading with the Detroit Lions. So I think this guy was there at 43. You go ahead and snag him up. You put him at right guard. I've also been a proponent on Twitter, people have seen, that you don't have to spend five top draft picks or three top draft picks and then go out and pay, pay guy, guys crazy money like we have to Ricky Wagner and guys like that. But I do think that, hey, man, if a guy like this is on the board – got a big gaping hole at right guard yeah you've got some options there but if you go and plug this guy in now now he's basically going to be your starter if all pans out if you want to let him sit you know you have a couple other guys that can get it done and then it lets Crosby still be your swing tackle right left side you know however you want to use him there. I mean I love to see Crosby out there on the football field but you know, they really got to figure out if he's a, if he's a tackle or a future tackle. Maybe they're planning that he could be the guy for a placement of Ricky Wagner down the road. Or who knows, you know, how Taylor Decker is going to end up panning out. But uh, Chris, Chris Lindstrom, man, give him to me at number 43 and, and plug him in there at right guard. Just filled another huge hole. 
Uh, let's work our way down to this mock. So at number 88, um, I was able to take uh, Daryl Henderson, just an absolute electric, athletic running back, a guy that can take it to the house on almost any play. You know, seemed to have some catching ability when I watched him. Not sure where his stats were. If he had a decent amount of grabs in college, but I felt like he could do it. I think that would be your that would be your Theo type replacement. Bring a guy like Daryl Henderson in. He's actually kind of like a has similar skills even to carry on, where he kind of runs really hard, gets after you. Breaks tackles, but man, has some speed and some some juice to get to the house. He had a lot of touchdowns there with uh, with Memphis. So I filled kind of my RB two, another huge uh, hole here for the offense. So with three picks, I filled a huge need, which is um, another big time receiver. I got rid of Marvin. I filled him in with DK Metcalf. Um, I had a gaping hole at right guard, Chris Lindstrom. Thank you very much. Plug in and play for the next, hopefully, uh, five, seven, ten years. And then I'm plugging in Daryl Henderson in the third round, late third round, um, as my RB2. So I know in the trade I kind of said I'd give up the fourth rounder. So at 111, where the Lions were picking in this mock, I did take uh, did take Warring, the tight end from San Diego State kind of liked what I saw from this guy at the combine and, and through some different stuff. I mean, he seemed athletic, seemed like a ball player. So, you know, if we don't have this pick, we don't get him. But that was just me getting a more of a flex tight end, more of a guy I thought that had some athletic upside to go along with a guy like Jesse James, who seems to be more physical stature, more meat and potatoes, gritty kind of guy. You know, add a guy like Waring who could maybe do some more things, seem to catch the ball well, seem to run, seem built, that type of stuff. At 146, this is the pick that a lot of people had issues with. I was able to get David Long, cornerback from Michigan, and people didn't have issues with the pick. They had the issues with no way he's going to be there at 146. People have him going in the second round. Um, a lot of things I've seen as well as a lot of fans out there. I mean, hey, he could. He could shoot up the board. He could get taken there early. But in my opinion, as the way the board fell, and you know in every NFL draft people fall, they're, they're moving up and down the board. Guys going in the first, second round and up falling to the third, fourth, plus round. I mean, David Long is not a guy I couldn't see slipping to uh, to the third, fourth, even early fifth round where I got him here. So, uh, you know, give me David Long. That really helps. Again, that, now that I got Pat Pete, that's a backup piece. You know, great guy that we can have there as depth, that we can uh, grow and groom and all that type of stuff. My next pick at number 148, I was able to get Hunter Renfro, wide receiver, Clemson. To me, this guy would be perfect to put behind Danny Amendola. Hunter Renfro is not very athletic. He didn't have a terrible combine, though. I mean, his shuttle numbers, his... Um, I think, I want to say his 40 was even better than expected, but, I mean, uh, this guy just catches the football. He moves sticks. He uh, has college production. Nothing fancy, but here in the, you know, what are we in, like, the sixth round? Hey, man, I think Hunter Renfro would be a great piece to have there in case Amendola gets hurt, learn some tricky things from him, and just be another gritty inside-type receiver that we can uh, groom for the future. At 204, this is a guy I really like. Every time I look at him, he looks and feels like a Deshaun Hand-type player. 
just in his size, speed, weight, all that type of stuff. And I just think he could be a big edge, a big, you know, interior type piece. You can move around. He's coming from a great college program. I took Austin Bryant, edge from Clemson, here at 204. And I want to say he's 6'5", 270-ish pounds. You know, again, had that great D-line in college, but I think this guy could, you know, he could just make plays. He could, he could do some similar things, I think, like hand and, you know, be a backup type to Flowers. I, I don't know. I just like his size. I like his athleticism, and I like that he's played in huge games, played for a big school, get him this late, you know, at a position that we still need to add bodies. You know, got Okwara on the one side, but adding a guy like this that could play outside, back up there, but also play some interior type positions if needed. You know, I think that'd be good value. So at two two four in the seventh round, I mean, this is this is one of my favorite picks. You know, if you don't know this guy, go up and read up on him or pull up some YouTubes. Um, took James Williams, running back out of Washington State. This guy. I want to say he had some great high school pedigree. He he can catch the football. You know, we already if we sent Theo, this guy's a perfect replacement for Theo. He had some crazy scores when it comes to the combine in regards to the shiftiness the Lions look for. And I don't know, there's just something about him that made me feel like he's not just a scat third down back. This is a guy that can catch, can run, can do some things, had some great production in college, and it's just a guy that, I don't know, I think he fits all the things. You're in the seventh round here, you're throwing dice. You might as well throw dice at this running back position. You just got rid of Theo, so now that would leave you, if this draft went the way I have it, it would be carry on. Daryl Henderson. And then you'd have James Williams and Zach Zenner. Those would be your four top running backs. Um, and then, you know, they may add another piece, another scat player here or there. But, I mean, I think you can get away with that with those four backs. Based on what they do, you got two pretty much bangers and good runners in, in the top two. You got uh, James Williams who can catch and do some other things. And then you've got uh, Zach Center, who's a real steady special teams guy, all that type of stuff. And with my final pick at 229, this is a guy I've seen all over the board too. Talked about in like the third, fourth round. See him in the fifth, sixth round, and here I'm getting him in the late seventh round. Jimmy Moreland, cornerback out of James Madison. You know, here, even though I've added a Pat P, even though. You know, we have uh, some backup pieces. This is a great guy to me that fits what Bob Quinn said about turnovers. I want turnovers. I want playmakers. Jimmy Moreland had a ton of turnovers in college. He has the kind of speed and athleticism you look for. Getting him this late, adding a corner to me is just important because I felt like that was our biggest weakness last year. We could not cover people. We couldn't turn the football over. So if I'm adding David Long, Patrick Peterson, and Jimmy Moreland here, just you know in this draft and then we also got Justin Coleman in free agency we're much much better and deeper than we have been the past few years at corner position you got to be able to cover in today's NFL so I think that'd be really important so there it is everybody there's my mock I mean DK Metcalf there's gonna be a bunch of people that hate on that a bunch of people oh no we got to take uh, edge we got to take 
Um, you know, an outside linebacker. You've heard me kind of talk about how Devin White could be a beast. You know, I agree with all that. Edge rusher, Devin White. If a Josh Allen fell, I mean, those are those are top and intriguing guys. You've got to think about. You got to probably go get. But if a lot of those guys are off the board, DK Metcalf is staring you in the face. Doesn't feel like a Matt Pat Bob Quinn football player, but I'm telling you. The way this guy ran, the emotion you saw after he ran, you could tell football meant something to him. This guy, he's going to be tough to deal with in the NFL, man. Just size, speed, and ability. It's no joke. So, I mean, I know people will be split on that pick, but then we're going and getting the interior a lot. We're plugging the right guard. We're adding running back. We're adding a top corner. We're getting a backup to Danny Amendola, and then we're adding some some D on the back end. We're getting an edge rusher in some of these corners um, on the back end. So an offense heavy draft, but hey, if you go out and you trade for Patrick Peterson, you've added Flowers, you've added Coleman. Your defense is ready to rock and roll, but we do need to beef up that offense because the next two years for Matt Stafford are going to be huge. He's got to come out and ball out. He's got to have no excuses and he's got to absolutely have some different weapons. I mean, two big guys on the outside, a couple slot-type guys on the inside, you know, a couple uh, dynamic-type running backs. A good old line overall should be much better, hopefully, this year. They've been struggling. You know, that, that bodes well for our offense, and it gives us a balanced football team, which is what the Lions, Matt, Pat, and Bobby Quinn want. It's a, it's a balanced team, a team that can go out and score, can play defense, and can win football games. And that's uh, that's what I think we're going to get, man. I think that's what we can get with this draft. So, everybody, this was a cover one. Just me getting you an extra podcast here on the weekend and uh, talking Lions football. So, uh, you know, if you want to do your own mock drafts, head over there to the Draft Network. Use that mock draft machine. We're about a month and a week or so away from the NFL draft, which is crazy. We had a tremendous free agency you know, stint here this week. We were able to add big pieces. We came out swinging. And uh, now it's just time to nail this draft and go win some football games in 2019. That's what this city wants. That's what this team wants is to win games and play good football and uh, turn this thing around 2019 moving forward for years to come. So there it is, everybody. There's my mock. You know, hit me up on Twitter, Detroit underscore Kool-Aid. Give me your feedback. Please make sure to hit subscribe to this podcast. Share it with a friend. Um, It's really been growing. We appreciate everybody that's been checking us out, having a bunch of fun. And uh, we'll be back uh, this coming week. Uh, We'll be back Wednesday and Friday with two more podcasts. And uh, get Grifka back in here to see what he's saying and see what he he has on his mind about the Detroit Lions. So thanks again, everybody. Appreciate it so much. We'll let this music play us out a little bit. and Go ahead and get out of here. So take care, everybody. I'm out.
Jesus.